0: My body is craving for tea. In this, I realize that there are three types of cravings. One, a primal craving, a craving that is innately telling you a lack of a vital thing in you and you need it. Two, a sensorial craving, a craving that is to satisfy the sensorial pleasure. Three, a compulsive craving, a craving that is habituated. What kind of a craving is a craving for tea? Only looking within And inquiring might give an answer to that. Welcome to Thirteen. Thirteen is a podcast about being and creating. In this podcast, we acknowledge the mundane and celebrate the everyday. Here, we interact, read and share our experiences with an intent to be and to create. Your hosts for today are Prasanna and myself, Shandesh. Let's get started. So Prasanna... The other day, when I was sitting down and journaling, I suddenly had this strong craving for tea. And that is when I wrote those lines, which I read out during the introduction of this podcast. So I feel there are three types of cravings that we kind of uh, go through. One is primal or innate craving, which your body really tells you. And the other is sensorial, which is purely for pleasure. The third one is habituated, that you get used to it. So just to elaborate a little bit on these three types, the primal or the innate craving that I'm talking about is, for example, when I run a marathon and people who run marathons would know this, that they will release all the salts from the body uh, as they sweat and they really crave. And the first time I remember when uh, they gave me this orange juice with electrolyte, I immediately know how the body absorbed the entire salts from it. And... I was craving for it, but it was because my body demanded. The second is for pure sensual, sensual pleasure. That could be something like uh, good food that you crave for. And you really want to have something very specifically like a coffee and a dessert to have or, or, or some sweet after your meal is done. And that craving is just for your senses. The third one is habituated or compulsive craving which is that you really don't uh, enjoy it, per se, as the taste of it, as the flavor of it. Neither your body is requesting for it, but you are habituated compulsively. You mindlessly reach out for that cup of tea or uh, the next cigarette or something of that sort. And, And you just crave for it and you do it compulsively. The other day when I had tea, when I looked within to inquire on that, it was probably between the primal and the habituated. Habituated, every morning I have a cup of tea. But it's not something which if I don't get, I'm okay with. But somehow there is a bit of habituation also. But that day particularly, I wasn't well rested and you really feel from inside that you need to get something to wake you up and get you going. And in that... Probably it was there. So I just in that observation felt that there are these different cravings that we have. And the cravings need not be only with relation to food per se. But in in different areas of life we can have those. And I just wanted to uh, bring forth this idea and take the conversation further.
1: Yeah, Shante. So if we look at uh, the study which has been done when it comes to, as you said, habitual um, Aspects of it, as well as craving per se, uh, we can see that craving comes into picture because of a certain stimulation or stimulation or a cue, as we say. So, uh, whenever there is any kind of a cue, that cue can be uh, physical, as you said, it can be mental, it can be emotional, that leads to the craving. And then it is followed by a response. And then ultimately, you get a reward. Now that is the typical cycle, which means I stand in front of a good restaurant. I smell the food. That's the cue. Then it creates the craving for going and having that food, which is my craving. Uh, my response would be to go inside and buy that, whatever I want to eat that dish. And that becomes my response and the reward, which I get is the satisfaction or the fulfillment or the enjoyment I get or the pleasure I get out of it consuming that food so this is the typical cycle now in reality what happens is in reality we miss the step and we jump onto the reward so after getting a stimulus we get into the craving mode which is the second step and then we jump into the third stage of actually experiencing the reward there and there itself without even getting into the response mode so I have not even taken the action of going and taking a plate of whatever you can say a pav bhaji or a burger or whatever but I have absolutely started enjoying the pleasure based on my past experiences of having that particular dish or that particular food i have already started getting the reward for that craving which actually strengthens my response and that makes me go and take the response now this is the uh, you can say psychological and scientific way of looking at the whole cycle of uh, craving or the, as it is called as typically it is called as the habit loop mm. so If we skip that habit loop on one side and look at craving, as you said, as a primal or um, at a visceral level, I think some of the common cravings like hunger, for example, are not coming from that primal requirement in today's world. For most of the people, I'm not generalizing it for everyone, of course, but people who are listening this podcast, I'm definitely tell you that they are doing it coming from their habitual way because it is 1230 or or 1 p.m. It is the time for lunch. I don't know when was the last time many of us have actually felt hunger.
0: Mm.
1: So uh, like what is being hungry? What is being thirsty? Most of the times I just keep a bottle of water near me so that I keep sipping. I don't know what real thirst is. For a long time, I'm saying I'm, it's not that in, in, I have never realized. I just gave a very good example of marathon running. For example, once a person <laughs> completes a marathon, uh, she or he definitely feels that uh, um, primal craving of getting the required minerals, vitamins, salts for the body. But otherwise, I'm saying in today's world, because of the abundance, because of everything at a fingertip, everything on Amazon, Amazon Prime or uh, Zomato and Swiggy, I don't know if we have felt hunger, uh, the real hunger, which maybe the primal or the uh, visceral feeling or the sense of hunger so i i I would like to take it from that way also like uh, how when we say craving it is very important to understand whether it is real craving or it is coming from a habit loop
0: Mm. and what you brought to brought forward as a topic of conversation on hunger that have we really ever experienced hunger the particularly the ones who are listening to us are the privileged ones most likely and like you said, everything is at the access. So I'm really wondering in that context that even with the moment I feel that I'm developing hunger, I immediately fill that up. I don't let myself wait even for a while. And that strengthens this habit loop, which you talked about. I'm really questioning, but do we have to wait? And what somewhere deep inside, I know that waiting And allowing that hunger to be experienced is also necessary. But I'm not able to pinpoint on why is it necessary to to let go of that craving for a while and be okay with it. Because even with that innate uh, craving, we say, of hunger, the moment we fall into this habit loop and we immediately provide that hunger with food, it's actually habituated. So it's not that innate fully yet. So I'm just trying to question that. That... Is there an issue in falling for habituated craving or falling for craving immediately and responding to it
1: immediately? I I completely agree with you because you are falling for the craving. You are getting into a habit loop or we are getting into a habit loop. And the problem with that is uh, it all is coming from our past experiences. We are not present to the new experiences coming from any of the things or any of the responses which you are doing. Because as we uh, look at that loop, it starts with a trigger or a stimulation, and it goes to the immediately after the craving it goes directly to the response state which means what which means that we already have registered those experiences of the past which we are again reflecting back on or we are considering them to be true and that is the problem because that doesn't allow you to live in the present that doesn't allow you to be open to new experiences, to new things. So it is all coming from the past experiences is what my point is. So every craving uh, is coming from the past experiences, which is kind of blocking your uh, wholeness uh, to experience that new thing. And because of that, you have a prejudiced view. You have preconceived notions about certain things. And when you don't find them to be matching with those uh, past traces, you are upset, you are sad, you are not happy with the whole experience. And that's where we see the cribbing and the complaints coming when it comes to uh, the habitual loops.
0: So it's not about uh, immediately responding is good or bad to that craving. It's just that it's the sheer fact that we can't be okay to be with that sensation, the sensation of void and constantly put our past experience of having that sip of tea had I never had tea before, I wouldn't have known that, okay, even if it was an innate craving to wake myself up, I wouldn't have known that this this is what I'm craving for. But suddenly, the moment I put a past experience of it, that amplified, that experience amplified further, that, oh, now I have to have tea, I have it with my wife every morning, and so I have to now wake her up, I have to prepare tea, and, and all sorts of things start coming to your mind and when it takes over that amplified version is actually more than what you act your body actually needed to wake you up and perhaps just a run half kilometer run would have also done the same job but, but it, it did not allow me to do that and my vision got clouded
1: correct and that's where the awareness of the things come into picture because once you are aware about it then you have a choice to do something else but now santish maybe let us let me take this conversation to a different level moving from food and tea if we look at the craving which we are more Uh, getting used to you can say or developing that craving in today's world is the craving for the things which are at a mental level, emotional level and a spiritual level. So the craving for spirituality, the craving for enlightenment, I think these are nonetheless similar kind of cravings which can put you into a different loop altogether. And then you are in search of those similar experiences which might be you yourself have experienced or you have read, which is more dangerous is because you have read about someone going through that experience and then you are chasing the other person's experience. So which is very difficult uh, to achieve simply because Uh, Not that it is difficult in terms of uh, sitting under a tree or uh, abstaining from certain kind of life but it is difficult simply because you have not experienced it, you don't even know the kind of experience it is and then people are chasing and there are different names for that people call enlightenment, transformation, nirvana, moksha, whatever you call it but all these things are a craving of a different level altogether but craving they
0: are. Uh, I thought the craving for digital world also. You were bringing when you said uh, about the other type of craving. And we get access to all these videos and tutorials and whatnot, apps like Headspace. And we get a momentary experience into this aspect, even let's say mindfulness. The word has become popular purely because of craving, not necessarily because of the real mindful experience. The mindful experience would have been there. But then to recreate that same experience right now and right now and we crave and we act on that. We forget that what we are thinking is mindful is perhaps not.
1: Absolutely. So uh, that's a fantastic way of uh, looking at the digital world also digital world and then along with that comes the access to knowledge and information even the craving for knowledge and information is again an endless chase because uh, once you know some some things you enter into that vicious loop because once you know that you experience new things and now that you are experiencing new things you want to know more and then it's a never-ending spiral because uh, you always want to accumulate and learn and know more and more and more and uh, it doesn't lead anywhere it is just an accumulation of uh, thoughts of accumulation of uh, content you can say in
0: different formats and different uh, ways Mm -hmm. but stepping back a little bit why does this craving come or is there also a biological need for this an evolutionary need for this into us I just wanted to inquire that. Any thoughts you have?
1: Evolutionary need is very simple. Evolutionary need is to uh, recreate and to survive. So these are the basic instincts, basic evolutionary needs for any uh, species, you can say. But then b- inside of that survival, there are definitely different aspects which might be required. Like in today's digital world, everyone would say that today to survive, you will need the required skill set, the required knowledge. So those things are definitely as a part of, as you said, basic requirements, you can say. So that can be one of the source, not the only source, but definitely can be one of the source from where we want to uh, learn more, accumulate more, get more information. But when it comes to the other side, which we discussed the spiritual thing, that is, I think, is a complete mind game, uh, which has been created by our own mind, our own thoughts. And that's the trap. I don't have any other word but to say that it is a trap.
0: Mm-hmm. And how does one become aware of this trap? Definitely not by listening to this podcast.
1: <laughs> uh, it is very difficult. I definitely t- can tell you that it is very difficult simply because uh, for if we look at our collective consciousness, for example, the human collective consciousness, if we can call it so, it has been there for many, 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 many years. And it has been feeding on all this content which we just discussed whether it comes from spirituality or it comes from mythology or religions and all those things and now the craving is so huge that even to imagine to stay without it we will die by die of hunger (laughs) because Mm. that is the kind of feeding which has been done right from the child is born before the child is born there are i am sure hundreds and thousands of uh, uh, this cravings which are developed by their parents and then ultimately transferred to the kid and then as i said it will be very difficult to throw it all together it is like asking uh, a hungry person to throw all the food
0: mm. to to separate that hunger from the craving is also very important and this brings me to one of the conversations i've heard of pico ayer and he was working in downtown manhattan uh, you know, had the most wonderful job that one could imagine to stay and live in New York in his in your 20s and uh, uh, work there. And he had this craving that he would go to a monastery in Japan and when he reached there to live a monastic life, whatever he had imagined it to be was thrown immediately out of the window. The monks asked him to scrub the floor and... Uh, uh, clean the garden and all sorts of things. And within eight days, much faster than he imagined, the entire, this episode of craving had dissipated. And then there was nothing to fall back on. His old job was gone and everything. But what happened after that was that he touched upon his probably the deep inner self which was asking him also to lead towards that monastic life and in ways more than one he today is that monk, monk like monastic living person uh, who has spent his entire life after that point in Japan primarily and he still lives that simple life and yet you can see that fundamental difference between romanticizing with this idea and craving for living a monastic life and therefore going to a monastery versus living a simple life and I think that's the distinction that I'm just trying to become present to so how do we kind of separate this is only probably looking backward but and and introspecting and inquiring but not necessarily in this moment uh, to become aware is a big challenge and I think it's very difficult to even put that across how do we uh, bring that forth so before we complete our conversation any thoughts you have Prasanna?
1: yeah the only thought which is coming to my mind as you said is it is really um, a challenging thing because the whole thing what we want to keep aside or discard or uh, look into is created out of that same language so mm-hmm. we are really helpless there because all the creation has happened based on that so to call the bluff to look at the problem is uh, not something which is a very straightforward answer. I think with that, I would like to uh, complete my thoughts on this. Any maybe ending thoughts from
0: your side? Mm. No, I think it's, uh, that's, that's it about uh, this conversation. And I would only say to our listeners that much sooner than imagined after listening to this podcast, you will be craving for your next cup of tea or coffee or a biryani or to pick up your phone and scroll through the social media feed And I would urge you to just pause for a while and think about what you're experiencing and try to distinguish or separate that from what you innately need and what you're trying to fill that up with. With that, we complete our today's conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more such podcasts and daily writings, subscribe us on creating13.com, that is creating13.com. We request you to share this podcast with your friends and family and anyone who may be interested in such topics. Your sharing will only help us to reach out to people and to serve our cause. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. We've put the links in the description. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform now. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode And we wish to have you with us again next week for listening a new episode. Until then, take care.